Wow, good morning. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, it's been a while. I haven't preached too much over the last few years. Uh, I'll just share you a bit about who I am and where I've come from. I uh, grew up in Kingston, Ontario. Uh, we had a small farm. My dad worked at an aluminum plant, and all the days of my life, I've just I've loved the Lord. Um, he captured my heart when I was young, and that's never left me, that sense of who he is and how passionate he is for us. And that's why today I wanted to go in, how great is this love for us? How wonderful is it? Um, I, uh, we attended the Salvation Army. I don't know if you're familiar very much with it. A lot of people know the Salvation Army just as a good works organization, but it's primarily a church, first of all, which those works come out of. Um, I met my wife, Carrie, through the Salvation Army. Her parents were officers or pastors with the Salvation Army, and they were transferred to our community. Um, we've been married now for 26 years. Our oldest is uh, 25. He lives out in Sylvan Lake, Alberta. Amazing man of God. Oh, God, it's so good when you just count your blessings and how he is so faithful. He loves the Lord with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He's his, uh, what we believe now to be his future wife, he is not engaged yet, but she's just a God-fearing woman. He'd prayed for a, a young woman that would be blonde, tall, and was a worship leader. And <laughs> Ashley is all three of those things and more. And when we have, we've met her once, she's from Texas, so it's a long relationship, which he's able to get down there quite frequently, actually, with his job. He works one week on, one week off. Our next son is Matthew. He's 23. He's married. I got to perform his, uh, his wedding over a year ago. Just the most amazing experience of my life. Again, he, he, he's a man of God. He's a heart after the Lord. He's a worshiper. He loves playing the drums. He married a woman whose heart is after the Lord. She's a worshiper. She plays guitar and sings. Uh, praise the Lord. Earlier last year, they moved to Winnipeg from Alberta, and now we get to see them more frequently, and that brings joy to my heart. Um, we have our next one is 18, Dana. Uh, she's going to the University of Manitoba right now. She's a worshiper. She loves the Lord. Then we have Megan, who goes to the Christian school here in Killarney, which has been such a blessing to us. Um, we are just so glad, and we're so thankful for the work that Nancy's doing in the school and for all those that are involved in it. And we pray continually for the school and everything that God has in store for them. So it's wonderful to hear the reports of what God is doing there in this instance this morning. And then we have our youngest, which is John. So we have five children in John's 15, and he continues to go to school in Pilot Mount. He's also training up to be a young warrior in the Lord. And so we're so blessed. And that's, a, that's our family. Um, we did pastor for 11 years with the Salvation Army, so we moved to different communities. We were in Montreal, then we moved to Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, and then our last church was in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. And then from Moose Jaw, we became the directors of Rock Lake Ministries at Rock Lake. And we did that for the last seven years, and now I'm working at Fiber in Crystal City with great Christian owners and believers in the Lord and having an impact for the Lord there. I would just like to open in prayer. Lord God, we just turn to you this morning. You are the God of creation. You are the Holy One of Israel. 
we acknowledge you today and we thank you for this time that we come and share in your presence. And we just ask for you to speak to our hearts and change our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is a powerful scripture. This scripture that we're looking at this morning, Romans 5, I want to begin there. I really hit my heart last Sunday. Our pastor was preaching on Romans 5. And then my wife leans over to me and she has this whole new slant that I hadn't seen there before. And it kind of goes with this message of love that God's really been penetrating my heart with this last year. How much he really loves us. What he did for us is just incredible. And I think that's the revelation of what God wants us to know more of in these days. Ephesians tells us to pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know this Jesus more. It is absolutely Christ and Christ alone who we want to get to know more and more. And so I want to begin with uh, Romans 5, verse 6. And it says there, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. At just the right time. And the key part of this was, while we were still powerless, while we were still sinners, while we were still taken over by the sinful nature, while every inclination in us was to do the opposite of what God wanted us to do. And at the right moment in time in history, God sent his only son because he loved us so much. Because we were in a broken relationship, God wanted relationship so bad His heart burned in passion to be in relationship with his people, his creation, so badly that he had this phenomenal plan in his heart to give his only son. Phenomenal plan. A love story that blows any love story that we've ever read about on this earth away. A love story of a passionate father who so incredibly loved us that he wanted our relationship restored. The consequence of that relationship, yes, we were sinners. Yes, we were totally depraved. Yes, we had our minds and hearts set on things that weren't above, but were on below. That was irregardless to him. It was the love that he had for us in restoring a relationship that had been broken. That was the bottom line. He wanted relationship with us, who he created, who he loved so dear and he was so passionately after. And so he sent his only begotten son. He sent Jesus for us. He gave his, the heart of, of who he was, demonstrated through Jesus. Jesus came and said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We saw the passion of the Father come and demonstrated through his son, Jesus. And he sent his only son for us, in place of us, so that we could be restored in relationship to him. While we were still powerless, Because Christ came and died on the cross, we now have become powerful. One point we were powerless, but now Christ Jesus has changed all of that in who we are with him. At the moment that we said yes to Jesus, at the moment we said, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, which is exactly what's being proclaimed at the Christian school. Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. As soon as we believe that message, boom, It was like our hearts burst forth. We said, that is the message that I've been waiting for. That's the message I've been longing for. That's the message my heart has been desiring. To know that I am loved. I am absolutely loved. It doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter how vile of a person I was. 
But because of love, it saw through all of that and it saw who I really was. And that love was through Christ and it came and was demonstrated for us. And so at one point, we were absolutely powerless. But in that point in time of history, Christ came, the only begotten of God the Father. And it broke through every barrier in society. It broke through to the vilest sinner. It broke through to the prostitute, to the tax collector who was looked down upon. Even to the Roman soldiers, it broke through. We know there was a centurion who believed in God. And his prayers were answered one day when the Holy Spirit came upon Peter and sent him to Cornelius to say, Yes, what you've been doing is true. You've been giving to the poor. You've been praying to God. And an angel came and delivered a message to you. And I am here to tell you who this Christ Jesus is. Even that cast of society of what seemed to be the place of power, the Roman occupation, Christ's love came and broke through and entered in. It didn't matter where you are and what place in society that you were in. Christ came and he broke through it with such powerful love that it transformed us. It took us from who we were to where we are now today. And this is who you are in Christ Jesus today is because of this great love. I want to demonstrate this through a couple stories through our ministry. Our first church was in Montreal. We didn't speak French, but we had an English-speaking church. And the one summer, they needed a couple to lead the teen camp for a week. And they were looking for leadership, and they asked us if we would take over that week. We said we would. So we made the plans. We got prepared. We went to camp. And the camp was, was a couple hours north of Montreal. And this father comes, and he drops off his son. Now this son, which we'd never met before, and the father that we didn't know, somehow the father had heard that we had this camp going on, this teen camp. Well, his son was a delinquent. He was stealing cars. He was a bully in high school. He was doing everything that he could to be disruptive and to turn against his father. And his father thought, if there's only one last chance for him, maybe perhaps it's this camp he can go to. Well, this young man, Jeff, got out, and he just landed like, where am I? I don't know what his dad told him to get him, to even get into the car to take him. It must have been a brilliant story, because here he ended up at our front yard of the camp, and he's like, where am I? I don't want to be here. His dad took off. (laughs) He knew that the walk home was too far. And so here we are left with this young man who's hurt, who's torn, who's broken, and doesn't know anything but hatred. And during that week at camp, God broke through into this young man's life. At the end of the week, he accepted Christ. And the love of Christ that came and empowered him changed his heart. He went home so different that his father couldn't even understand that this was his son any longer. It took months for his dad to really realize that this was real. Something powerful had happened in his son. His father wasn't a Christian. His father didn't know who Jesus was. But now his son had encountered the Savior of the world, this Jesus Christ, that breaks through and, and comes and delivers us, saves us, heals us, makes us a new creation in him. And it wasn't until months later, the father, finally realizing this, invited us to come and celebrate the new life of his young man, who is now becoming a responsible person who's becoming one who loved his dad and knew love 
for the first time. Then I take you to another story. We were then transferred to Nova Scotia, Yarmouth, perhaps you know where it is. It's on the very southern tip of, of Nova Scotia. Small community, companies in an area of fishermen, probably of about 6,000. Well, I'm a person I, with the Salvation Army. We always did a lot of street ministry. We always became friends with uh, drug addicts, lesbians, homosexuals. It didn't matter. This small community had everything. I became friends with one person who was the local bootlegger, and her name was Mabel. Mabel was so dear. Yeah, she made sure that those men got their, their alcohol in the late nights on the weekend when the liquor store wasn't open. She was broken, she was hurt. She showed me the closet room where, as a child, she would be locked up in for hours on end in the dark. And the one day I was going to Mabel's, I was going with my friend Jim. And Jim was another miracle. He was one of the town drunks, and God, I'd never even met Jim, but God sent him to get saved to the Salvation Army. He came and asked who this Jesus was. He got totally saved, delivered, set free didn't touch alcohol again. Here I'm taking Jim. I mean, this is just a side story. Jim's coming with me. I'm discipling Jim. And as I get to Mabel's house, I'm like, Jim, we need to do a Jericho walk around Mabel's house. She was inside. She was drunk. She had been drinking with her friend, Ronnie. I knew Ronnie. Ronnie knew who I was. He was afraid of me, so he, he ran. He actually went up to the, her roof and hid in the attic when he saw me coming. So we go and we do a Jericho walk and we give a shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, you're alive. That was the last day Mabel ever had a drink in her life. She stopped drinking. She committed her life. She knew who Jesus was from years ago as a child. She'd long forgotten, but that day, God awakened that love in her again. of How much he loved her and how much he had died for her. And she never set her hand to drink again. Actually, Mabel went on to open a soup kitchen in her home. She knew all the drunks in town, so she knew all the children that went to school and didn't get food in the morning. So she would feed them breakfast in the morning on their way to school. She would pray with them. She would do devotions with them, and she would just love on them. Another miraculous story. And then, and then Mabel would take me, she took me to the, the drug dealer's house, and we even got to see the drug dealer leave town. It was funny, the day that she actually took me the Saturday morning to meet the drug dealer, I was in my Salvation Army uniform. He saw me in the street, so he actually took up a collection and he brought out a whole bunch of coins from all the drug users that were inside the house at the time. But the power of God's love. So I bring that to recount again to you. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter if you did even the heinous things that Jeff had done or Mabel had done. But God had saved us where we were, and he set us free. And this is the life that we now live in Christ Jesus. Romans 5 continues and says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the message that Christ came to give us. We have now been set free in Christ. And the message is that we were sinners. That's what Romans 5.8 is telling us. 
the message now is you're no longer a sinner because you've come to Christ Jesus. You've been set free. 2 Corinthians tells us we become new creations in Christ. It's no longer us that lives, but a Christ that lives in us. The whole message that Christ is bringing afresh to us and the foundation of who we are in him is that we are no longer sinners. We are alive in Christ Jesus. He set us free. He's caused us now to be passionate lovers of him and him alone and to go out and share and to pour out that love on everyone around us. To be extravagant lovers because of the extravagant love that we've now received in him. That is the whole message that come and now we've received in him. Somehow along the way, the enemy sent up all these smoke screens so that we continue to believe that we're sinners. I'm going to sin. I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm just saved by grace. Well, wasn't that grace powerful enough to deliver you from your sin? Yes. It's a free gift. Yes, there's nothing we can do to work to attain this love or this gift. It's just a belief. He did it all. There's nothing left that we can even do. It amazes me he even went to hell for us. It says he died and he went to hell. He took back the keys of death and Hades. He already went to hell for us. That's where we were going. But he died so that no one would perish. So that wasn't our home. That wasn't where we were meant to go. We were meant to go be with him. He's gone to prepare a place for us in heaven. That is the message. That's the good news. He, so he even went to hell for us already. I, some of this stuff just blows my mind. To meditate on what Christ has done for us. And that's where we are. That's where we're seated. We're seated in heavenly places. Our perspective is no longer from this earth. It's from God's perspective. We're seated with him through Christ Jesus, through the blood. The veil was torn in two, that thick veil, that ten-inch veil from the Holy of Holies that no one could enter except the priest at atonement once a year. I mean, that must have blown the priest's mind when they went into that temple that day. This curtain torn from the top to the bottom. Impossible. But yeah, nothing's impossible with God. And now God has made everything possible for us through his son, Jesus Christ, who died for us and was raised from the dead. Whatever obstacle, whatever thing that seems or looks to be impossible is nothing in the eyes of God. And therefore, it should be nothing in our eyes too. It's when we get our focus away from who Christ is and what he did for us. He died for us. His body was literally bled out for us. He suffered. He went through the most agonizing death. We haven't even seen a movie that portrays an actual crucifixion of Christ yet. Yes, the passion of Christ, it was close, not really. said they plucked the beard out of his face when they took that nine irons on his back it says he could count his bones the flesh was literally torn off of him so that he could count his own bones what he did for us is incomparable to anything else we can even imagine or think of the purchase price for us what Christ did for us this amazing love why he came for us it's incredible. It's beyond anything. This love that gave all, demonstrated all, 
was all in all. Even he said, I must become the least of the least. Christ became the least for us so that now we can go out and be great for him. We are God's servants. We are his holy anointed. He has given us the power and authority over the enemy. Some people think that when they think an evil thought, they've sinned. No! That's only the voice of the devil. That's why it says take every thought captive. That is not sin. That's just a thought you need to take captive immediately. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, if it doesn't line up with the heartbeat of the Lord Jesus Christ, then just take it captive. I'm telling you, it works. It's the power of God within us that enables us to live holy and pure lives, righteous unto his holy name. So you just take that thought captive. In Jesus' name, I take that thought captive. Bang. It's done. You just practice it. You might slip up occasionally. You might begin to meditate it. That's when sin enters the heart, when we begin to meditate on things that are not of God. And it takes a hold of our heart, and then we sin. But Christ came and he died so that we'd be set free from sin. Sin ravished us. He knows that ravished because Christ took all our sin on for himself. Whatever we'd done, whatever vile act we'd ever th- thought of and meditated and then manifested in our lives, he took it on himself. He became a murderer. He became a adulterer. He became a drug addict. He became all that on the cross when he took the sins of the world upon himself. The greatest thing that got to him was, we know leading up to that death, was that he was going to be, for the first time in eternity, separated in relationship from his own Abadaddy. Oh, but can't this cup be taken away from me? I, I this, is a, this is one cup I don't really want to do. But it's not my will, but yours alone. If that's what you're asking me to do, Abadaddy, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drink this cup too. I'm going to be separated from you for the first time. I don't know what that's going to be like. I, he had no idea. Coming, he completely was human. He was completely God. But yet he was like, I don't know if I can even drink this cup. But because it's your will, I will do it. Christ's message is so powerful, my friends. It is so powerful. It's so amazing. It's incredible. The stories that we can each tell of how Christ came and set us free and how then now we go and love upon the whosoever. Acts of love is what he's created us to do. To love one another as he loved us. To lay our lives down for one another is just who he's created us to be. Our prayer group in Crystal City this fall, we decided that we were going to hand out a fresh loaf of bread to every household in the community. So we got our young ladies working in the kitchen all day and they baked over 200 loaves of bread. And then for a couple nights we drove around and we knocked on every house door in, in Crystal City. We didn't want anything in return. We didn't even want to share about who Jesus was. We just wanted to love on them. We just wanted them to know that someone cares about them. Holy Spirit's going to work in that. It's all about love. God's great. He'll lead them to himself. Holy Spirit will water the seeds. But they just need to know that they're loved. So many people have gone to church for so long they don't even know who God is anymore. They keep hearing about him, 
but they don't really know who he is in their heart. It just becomes a washed-down religion. No power, boring, dead, but believing that still but what they must do. It's a requirement to get into heaven when there's nothing we can do. This Christ came, and it's the simplest message, yet the most powerful message that has ever been given for us. And it has set us free. It has absolutely set us free. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I've heard it said this way. It's not like there's a room in our heart with a bunk bed, and the devil and Jesus are in the bunk beds. It's not... It's not like that any longer. He came. He eradicated sin and death in us. We are now eternal beings. Death, where is your sting? It's been eradicated. There is no more death. We are now alive in Christ Jesus. We've been set free from the law of sin and death. The law came, yes, so that sin could be revealed for what it was. Up to the Ten Commandments, those that didn't have the Ten Commandments, they were not under the law. So it was as if they had never sinned, even though all the wickedness that had gone on before that time. But the law came to show us this is what sin is and how it destroys. And so the burden of the law, though, even though it was glorious in itself, did nothing. It could do nothing. But then Christ came and he broke even the law. He said, through my death now, you will be set free. You'll be set free from the sin that that curse brought upon you. That law now will have no hold upon you any longer, but you'll be set free just to worship me in spirit and truth. And that's what the Holy Spirit came to do, came to now lead us into all truth, teach us all things, that we may have the mind of Christ, that we may know the will of God, that we may meditate on his promises, that we, we would never leave him as he has never left us or forsaken us. This great message of love. In the beginning, Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. They had such a tremendous relationship with God in that way. But today, God has come now, and through Jesus Christ, he lives in us. That's powerful. We now have Jesus living in us. We have now God occupying this vessel, which makes us holy vessels. He has come and purified us. He's come and cleansed us from all unrighteousness for his name's sake. Not that we could do it, because we couldn't. We were helpless and powerless, but he came when we were, and he's delivered us and set us free and set us back in relationship with him so that now we can say, Abba, Father, you're my daddy. You are my daddy. One of the wonderful things that I love to do is just in the morning, I'll get up and I'll I'll say, good morning, daddy. Good morning, Jesus. How's it going today? Good morning, Holy Spirit. And then he put a new slant on it one day. He said, instead of saying good morning, say, good eternity. Yeah, I'm in eternity. Good eternity, Abba, daddy. Good eternity, Jesus. Good eternity, Holy Spirit. Wow, what do you have in store today? The possibilities are endless with you today. 
There's nothing you can't do. What are we going to go and do together today? How are we going to go and love on someone today? How are we going to go and be, be the life and the light into the world where there's so much darkness and hurt? We know that the absence, that the only reason there is darkness is because there's absence of light. And the only reason there's hatred is because there's absence of love. It's the love. All we want and all we really need is just to be loved as he has loved us. Go and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And for some of us, we just got to get it back at the first stages, just knowing how he loves us. Let's just get introduced to that love that he has for us. Because unless we know how we are loved, it's hard, near impossible to show someone else love. Christ Jesus died for us so that we could be restored in our relationship with Abba Daddy. It's the most wonderful message that has ever come to this earth. And we're a part of it, my friends. Each one of you are a part of it. Each one of you are affecting someone's life. You may not be aware of it, but you are the light under the world. You are the salt. You're bringing flavor to life. You are anointed. You've now become priests. You become a high priest unto the highest priest. You're serving Jesus, and you're loving him, and you're going with him, and he's taking you to wherever he wants you to go and do whatever you want you to do. This love relationship with Christ is amazing, my friends. It is absolutely amazing. And I just want to finish off. This was the, the verse that God got me going for for this message as I was preparing to come here this week. And it's just the end of Jude. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. And that's the fact of it. He is able to sustain us through his grace, which enables us to say no to worldly passions and ungodliness, but say yes to him and to bear much fruit. For we are trees that have been called to bear much fruit. May God bless you. I'll call Nancy to come back up.